my historical AF Gabby Gabbers. This is for your extra giggles. My name is Natalie. And I'm Tina. Welcome. What is this, our fourth mini gab? It's a solid number. <laughs> it's a solid It's a number. It's, it's not four. imaginary. Yeah, it's four. <laughs> Please don't count, just to make sure. <laughs> ah, and then tomorrow's Thanksgiving for all of us Americans out there. So happy Thanksgiving. Yay. Uh, yeah, if you're like Canadian, it was it was a couple of months ago, I think, right? Or Friendsgiving, if you do that thing. Yes, I highly recommend. Yeah, we don't have any big plans for Thanksgiving, do you? No. Normally, I would go to my hometown, but now that my mom has moved here where I live, I have nowhere to go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's sad. sad. I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's just now she's here. I'm like, well, that's good. I don't have to drive three hours to see her. But then it's like, well, I just stay here then. I, I miss going to the country because where I'm from, you know, it's in a valley of mountains and it's beautiful and it's quiet. And I hate that. I don't get to do that. I'll just stay in the city. But oh, well, we'll probably go to the casino. That's what we always do almost every year. That sounds amazing. honestly. Because <laughs> it's not as crowded. And I'm pretty sure they think we have no family and um, there's always specials and giveaway. <laughs> I was about to say, do they give away like free drinks? Oh, you're so sad. You don't have family. Here's some booze. Uh, they don't give away free drinks, but they sometimes give away free money. What? That's way better. Yes, I agree as well. And then people <laughs> can use that money to buy more booze, I guess, if they wish. But yeah, usually like every hour or 30 minutes or something, depending on the casino, they give away. Free play money. So money, you can't just take it out, but usually you can use it to play in the casino, which is nice. Oh, that's cool. So you're not using your own stuff. And then the trick is whenever you're using that free play money, cash out every time you win, even if it's like five bucks or a dollar or whatever. If you cash out every time you win, then you're just adding that money and you're playing off of the casino's money. By doing that, that every little bit adds up. And that's how Mm -hmm. mom and I walked out with like $800. That is so crazy. I've actually never been to a casino, which I need to fix that because it sounds so much fun. Just... They are. The, not this past weekend, the weekend before when we went to Tulsa, we found mm-hmm. a Shark Week game, slot <laughs> machine game, and it's hilarious. That sounds like something I would gravitate towards. The that and there's one. Walking Dead. Uh, yeah, I've heard of the Game of Thrones one. I did. That's where mm-hmm. I won the like 300 bucks on it. Oh, yeah, that's right. You told me about the Game of Thrones one. <laughs> Most likely, if it's involving a casino, it's for me. Uh, is family coming in to visit you? Not at all. I <laughs> We actually, I don't know, we went to, or I went to Fort Worth this past weekend to a uh, bachelorette slash bridal shower party. And while I was there... I tried this most amazing whiskey, and I don't normally like whiskey, but it tasted like pecans. So mm-hmm. I was like, where did you get this? And she was like, funny story. I got it from a distillery, and I'm spending Thanksgiving there. You should come. So I'm tempted. That seems like a cool thing that's non-traditional. Mm-hmm. Go to, like, a dinner at a distillery, and then you get to bottle your own stuff and oh, learn how to make it. Sounds it's really pretty fun i don't know we might do that but usually we just cook and then we usually invite like airmen over to eat with us and then they always never show up but at least we put the invite out there for all the lonely airmen that's a, that's a good thought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah i think here might be more likely to get people because we got the boot camp here that's uh, yeah. all airmen come here so we'll see 
but not really sure what we're going to do. Everybody keeps on sending me that picture of that turkey with the octopus shoved up it so it's like a kraken and I'm, I'm just like i don't i don't want that it's like that sounds amazing i'm like i, I don't i don't want to do that like a real one like a real like exactly. turducken but with a kraken yeah what's well, sad is we have an octopus in the freezer so i could just see his eyes just getting wide with excitement this i mean it would look cool <laughs> we had an octopus one year it didn't go well because we didn't know how to cook it but she looks disgusted guys <laughs> Yeah, it sounds hideously and terrible and squishy. Yeah, it is very well. And slimy. If you cook it right, it is not, you know, slimy or squishy. Is it chewy? I mean, if it's overcooked, yeah. I don't know. It's just, no. Just a hard pass. You get the little baby. You're probably like, oh no, we get the little baby octopus squid things. It all sucks. They're all all children of some kind, okay? So, no, it's just Uh past. For context, we got this big pirate thing going on in the size household. I don't know where it started. We just like pirates. So for Thanksgiving, I usually make a pie and it's like pirate themed. And then one year, our father-in-law or my father-in-law was like, I dare you to do like octopus or something, a real kraken. So then my husband's like, challenge accepted. And then he bought a bunch of octopus. Octopi? The octopi? I don't know. Octopus. I think it's pie. <laughs> Sounds funnier. Octopus. Oh, man. This is me sober. Lord have mercy. (laughs) It's like, please get drunk. (laughs) I am drinking out of my best fucking wedding officiant glass I got this week. I saw that online. I'm so pumped. And then they also got me uh, Keep Calm, the internet officiant is here shirt. (laughs) But yeah, that bridal shower I went to was Bob's Burger themed. And it was like the coolest thing I've ever seen. And and they had my friend Katrina, who's also a Patreon member. She had these cards and it's all the recipes from the show. So the the poutine on the Ritz burger from the episode, (laughs) the Sasquatch head, like all of them are real uh, recipes. It was really cool. And then all the cupcakes had like little silhouettes of all the characters. I was geeking out. It was so cute. It was also my first Uber this past weekend ever. So we got into the first Uber and he had a blowout of a tire. <laughs> we got stranded on the side of the interstate. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, yeah. my gosh. So then he was, like, trying to call and trying to get us a connecting Uber. And we're like, we're on the side of a really busy interstate. Nobody's slowing down. We're like, dude, nobody's going to come. So we're like, can you get into median, maybe? So he moved. And I was like, I'm sorry you're having such a bad day. I was like, I hope it doesn't ruin it. And he's like, this is my first day. I was like, <laughs> your first day at Uber? He's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was like, I'll go buy you a drink if you come with us. And he's like, I just want to go to bed. I was like, okay. That's fair. <laughs> I feel so bad. Poor dude. But yeah, shout out to you, dude. If you're listening, you're probably not. All right. So do you want to go first this week? Or you want to go first this week? No, you go it? for it. Oh, it's so funny. I'm so excited. I was like, yeah, you look so excited. Let's go for it. Um, so I'm going to start this week with a little bit of history from a CBC short doc, and then I'm going to read an article from People, because it grabbed my attention, and you will understand, because it is the Sour Toe Cocktail. It is exactly what it sounds like. A toe. A toe? <laughs> like, is there a toe in the drink? Yes. It is, and I'm not making this up, a shot of whiskey garnished with a human toe. Again, vegetarian. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's like, are you intrigued or disgusted or a bit of both? I don't Definitely know. Definitely both. Definitely both. Like, <laughs> never would drink it, but tell me more. All right. Whichever one it is, guys, here we go. The Sour Toe <laughs> Cocktail is practically a rite of passage for visitors to Dawson City, Yukon. It all started during Prohibition with a nasty case of frostbite. <laughs> I'm getting very, like, Mr. Deeds vibe going, like, oh this Blackfoot. I forgot about that movie. <laughs> I love that movie. I worked at the movie theater when that came out. This is how old I am. And they, <laughs> gave, they gave us socks as like their promotional item. That's awesome. <laughs> socks what? and fire pokers. That's what you mean. Yeah. And when that movie Volcano came out, we got hard hats. Oh, so great. Anyway, so in the 1920s, the rum running Lincoln brothers, Louie and Otto, got caught in a blizzard. Louis put his foot through a patch of ice and soaked his foot, which is a uh, big yikes. And then when the brothers got back to their cabin, Louis's foot was frozen solid. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) To prevent gangrene, Otto had this great idea to use his axe to chop off Louis's toe. (laughs) I just visualize it. You're in a tiny ass cabin. You're freezing dead. Your brother's like, dude, I got you. Just hold still. Don't worry about it gonna be okay i love my sisters but i would not let them chop off my foot or toes yeah that's a no that's a no yeah and the great ideas don't stop there because once the toes cut off you put it in a jar of alcohol to commemorate the event like you do Uh, yeah i'm sorry i like i have no words like this is like you do Fast forward to 1973. Legend has it that Captain Dick Stevenson found the jar and the toe in the remote cabin. He came up with the brilliant idea of the Sour Toe Cocktail Club, an exclusive club with one membership requirement. In order to gain admittance to the club, potential members must drink the legendary Sour Toe Cocktail. There's just one rule. You can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but your lips must touch that gnarly toe. No. And that is a quote. <laughs> no, that, that lip ain't touching nothing. Oh, God. This has nothing to do with the history, but it's just too good not to share. So of in course. 2013, one man actually swallowed the toe on oh. purpose. I would still have the same reaction, even if it was on accident. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So after he drank or you know ate the toe, he paid the five hundred dollar fine for eating the toe. Again, I'm not making this up. And after a five hundred dollars. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that's how much a toe was worth. Apparently, after he ate or drank, I don't know which one it is. Drank, ate, whatever. The toe. (laughs) Swallowed. A group of in quote ragtag sour toe alumni. Angry bartenders, and according to some, a few Hell's Angels, actually went searching for him, and then he skipped town because he had an angry mob coming after him, again, because of a toe. In his absence, he was declared banned from the entire town, and the owner was, and still is, furious. Joshua left him with just one toe, and that toe is suffering from continuous, continual use. I can't. This is so... Oh, God. So, it's been used too much. He thinks it's too worn out. Anyway, so the hotel owner is named Terry, and he says he needs new toes so the sour toe cocktail tradition can continue. And he's searching everywhere for fresh big ones. 
What the owner doesn't know is that his nemesis is back in town and Joshua has returned to right his wrongs. Reflecting upon his actions and all the people he has hurt, Joshua has decided to will his big right toe to the Sour Toe Cocktail Club. But will that be enough to reverse his ban from the downtown hotel? Will they ever forgive him? Find out on the short documentary called Sour Toe, the story of the sorry cannibal. That does not need to be a documentary. You better believe I tried to watch this, but uh, it says that content is not available outside Canada. So this is my plea to everybody who listens to us in Canada. And I know you exist because I have a map. I need you to watch this and report to me in great detail what this documentary is like. Please and thank you. Please. That is very true. But that's one. And two, Keena, that sounds very stalkery. (laughs) (laughs) Even though that is true, we do have a stats map of our people who download. So we there are a sprinkling in Canada. So if you can give us a shout out about big toes, apparently. I'm not sure if I want to know this or not. <laughs> Two kinds of people. I look at the map and I'm like, we're taking over the world. Nat looks at the map and she's like, oh, cool. <laughs> Very dry. Yeah, I know. You look, at it, you look at it like risk. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, no, I start getting paranoid. I'm like, what did I say that, like, hopefully I said things correctly or... Oh, I not know. offensive. That's why I start getting paranoid. I'm like, what did I say about their country? <laughs> and are they pissed about it? Yeah, we got a lot of countries we've talked about. Like, all love, people, all love. But yeah, we're almost in every province in Canada. So somebody needs to watch this for me. Anywho. Or you can bootleg uh, it for us. For yes. <laughs> Don't tell anybody. <sighs> okay, so back to this article I was talking about. It's from People and it's called creator of the sour toe cocktail dies donates his toes to bar to keep creepy drink tradition going all their worries are not because somebody died and donated all their toes (laughs) captain dick stevenson's the creator of the sour toe cocktail that we talked about died he was 89 years old and he lived what i can imagine is probably the most not boring life ever for one why is he a captain and then two, his whole legacy is a toe drink. So it just sounds like the most interesting life ever. He was known as Captain Dick and he died Thursday morning. His daughter, Dixie Stevenson, confirmed to the Globe, Mail, and CBC. The former bartender's legacy, however, will live on forever. Dixie explained to the Globe and the Mail that her father's will. He asked that all 10 of his toes be taken to the downtown hotel in Dawson City, Canada, where the cocktail is served. Quote, I'm pretty sure I'm the only daughter in history that has to, following my dad's will, make sure that his toes are removed, dried, and <laughs> make it up to Dawson City, Dixie told ZBZ. I can't even imagine. That's just... <laughs> <laughs> Stevenson came up with the idea for this drink in 1973. It took off and became a popular drink and has been served over 93,000 times. This isn't just like a couple of people. This is a shit ton of people drinking. Oh, no. I imagine those are like the thrill seekers or like, oh, I'll try anything once. You know, any of those kind of people. I can see them are like, you know, when in Rome. So they're like, we're here. This is a crazy tradition. Let's try it. And I'm like, I respect that. <laughs> I will respect that. Cannibalism decline. is kind of frowned upon, though. Like,. <laughs> Yeah, it says the drink has become a rite of passage for many, and several visitors have donated their own toes to the bar. 
The original drink was a beer glass filled with champagne and the toe, but Stevenson explained to the CBC in 2017 that he changed the rules. Quote, there was a lady, she must have been in her 80s, said, I don't mind the toe, but there's no way I could drink a beer glass full of champagne. End quote. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why I got even more Southern with that quote. They're Canadian. Anyway, so he said. (laughs) It sounds like a Southern thing, though. It does. It does. It does sound like something happened in, like, the bayou, not in Canada. Anyway, he said, so we changed the rules. Drink of your choice, but the toe must touch your lips. Once the task is complete, a person will be inducted into the Sour Toe Club and will receive a certificate confirming the honor. Oh, no. I don't care. (laughs) Don't need to be a part of that. Dixie explained to the Globe and Mail that the drink was her father's life. Quote, that was his life. Inventor of the Sour Toe Cocktail, end quote. Said he didn't care anything about money. He just wanted the fame to go on for the rest of history. It brought him the most fame of anything he's ever done worldwide pretty much end quote dixie also shared with the globe and mail that before his death he commissioned a local artist to make a toe-shaped urn for his ashes <laughs> he then had a carpenter make a platform for the urn and it's already been installed above the downtown hotel bar so now you can uh, drink a toe and then you can like salute the captain above you because he's there uh stevenson will certainly be missed as Stephen Lancaster, manager of the hotel, explained to the Globe and Mail that members of the community are planning to honor him in a special way. Lancaster went on to reiterate that his motto for the drink saying, quote, you can drink it fast, you can drink it slow, but the lips must touch the toe. Dawson said he has also paid tribute to the cocktail pioneer on Twitter, writing, quote, Captain Dick was a true colorful five percenter who changed Dawson's brand. His legacy is cemented with the Sour Toe Cocktail, but we'll always remember him for his undying love of the city. Thanks for everything, Dick. We'll toast. And that's T-O-E-S-T. <laughs> One for you tonight. I'm just wondering what the first health inspector thought of this. That is a very good question because it is a bar, so they have to... I mean, yeah, like you're you're serving food and drink, or at least, you know, you got to keep it pretty clean to some degree. Even though, pretty sure there's several dive bars I've been to that probably should not have been in business, but they were really (laughs) cool places. That is true. But it's like freeze-dried, so it's not like a bloody toe, so I don't know if there's something. Well, I hope not, or good lord. (laughs) Like, that soured has gone red. Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah. I don't know. Maybe there's just some kind of loophole because it's not technically, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. Regardless, it's fucking hilarious. (laughs) That is very true. (laughs) Very true. (laughs) I laughed so hard. I usually just Google or Google, Google (laughs) like funny history. And that's what popped up today. And I was like, oh, hell yes. (laughs) Yes, that I mean that's priceless. I never would have guessed something that that existed. That's very either. true. I I think it's fun, and I can see a lot of people being like, "That's on my bucket list," just to yes. say you did it, you know. But also, yikes! Yeah, like I have very mixed feelings. <laughs> like I'm gonna I'm going to respect this tradition. I will not participate. I would like to watch yeah. someone drink it. Like I would, I'm going going to that bar and just hanging out there. That sounds like a cool place to to chill. Oh, hell yeah. I'll be pounding on tables, rooting you on, screaming yeah. for you to drink it, but I don't know if I could. I mean, although alcohol burns all germs and shit, so I guess it's just if you can get past the... No. I don't even like... 
I don't even like feet when they're on a live person. Oh, same. Hard same. Yeah. I'm like, I don't even like my own. So it's like, why would I like someone else's? (laughs) And then dead for that matter. (laughs) I used to have such a like horrible foot like phobia. And my sisters will like chase me around and try to touch me on the face with their toes and be like screaming. Yeah. Good times. It was awful. Thanks, sisters. (laughs) Both of you. You know who you are. (laughs) So what do you got? I found a little article, especially since tomorrow is Thanksgiving. And this came out actually about this time last year. And it's called Turkeys Were Once Worshipped Like Gods. Oh, hell yeah. Man, you went ghetto real fast. What happened? (laughs) (laughs) I just had this visual image of a turkey being like, fuck yeah, worship me, plebe. (laughs) So I'm going to read on and off of this article. It's from the History Channel, so hopefully this will be correct. We'll see. But, you know, sue them. If it's not, it's whatever. It's turkeys. It's fine. So turkeys these days are mostly seen as vessels for stuffing on your Thanksgiving table. Not mine, but that's okay. You can have... <laughs> There's, uh, what do we call Furky? Tofurky? There's actually some really good turkey substitutes that even my carnivore friends really enjoy. So, a little fun fact for you. But in 300 BC, the birds were viewed by the Maya as vessels of the gods and honored accordingly. Oh, I and knew fact, it in my soul that it was the Maya. Went down. Anyway. Yeah. In fact, the birds were originally domesticated to play a part in religious rites. Prize players in Maya religion and culture. They were once conveyed symbols of power and prestige. Now, can you imagine a turkey? Because I feel like turkeys are kind of dumb. Like, it, I don't know why. I just kind of like... I just think they're kind of dumb. <laughs> and, I, and to see to have the word prestige put on them, I'm like, I have, I have questions about that. <laughs> Turkeys are everywhere in Maya archaeology and iconology. I don't know what that word is, but and basically it, they're everywhere. The ancient Maya had one of the most advanced civilizations in the world, and part of their culture was a love of turkey. The bird was conceived of as being gifted with exceptional powers, which could be harmful to human, but the nocturnal and dream space. That was an explanation by a specialist, Ana Luisa Izquierdo. And the name goes on for five more words. Can't say that. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's a beautiful name. (laughs) I actually have four names myself, but I say those all the time, so I know how to pronounce those. Turkeys are portrayed as godlike figures in Maya religious imagery, and at least one Maya ruler included the word for turkey in his royal nickname. Oh, cool. How did mm-hmm. I not know this? I am like such a fangirl for Maya art. I did not know this. I know, they even have like an ins. There's a picture on this article as some sort of incense burner, and it even has like a little picture of a turkey on there. Yeah, it has, like, the turkey claw (laughs) hand on it, too. Yeah. Uh, These early birds were owned almost exclusively by the rich and powerful, says Kitty Emery, associate of environmental archaeology in Florida at the Natural Museum. One of the researchers of this kind of fun stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, how cool would it be to be a researcher just of turkey art? That's just it. That's that's it. That's your job. Turkeyologist. I think 
it it could go either way. Either that is excellent, like man, I got it. I got my one path. You don't have to deviate. You're just you're in it. Or it'd be like super boring. Like you do it for like a year and you're like, I never want to look at a goddamn turkey ever again. Touche. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm like, I, I can see it either way. Either that's kind of almost easy in the sense that you only look at the one thing. Mm-hmm. And it'd be fascinating what all you dig up. And maybe after a few years, it might be a bit stale. All right. So the Maya imported turkeys from Mexico, by the way, I skipped ahead of the article a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, my imported turkeys from Mexico, they also prized the oscillated turkey, the wild turkey that roamed the area around El Mirado. Those birds were valued for their multicolored feathers, which that is beautiful. Their, mm-hmm. their feathers, that is pretty cool. Multicolored feathers and heads, but they never made it to domestication. So they never were quite pets, but they tried. If they had proved tameable, the star of our modern Thanksgiving dinners might have been a lot more ostentatious looking. (laughs) (laughs) How the venerated turkeys looked was important to the Maya, Emery says, since the birds represented elite power, important long-distance trade connections, and the ability of the ruler to provide an important sacrificial victim of colorful feather cape, essentially on demand. So no need for hunting, basically. Oh, okay. The power of the turkey was also expressed in religious rituals. Maya art portrays turkeys with slit throats being used in New Year rites. Bird sacrifices, anthropologists hypothesize, were meant to set the stage for a fertile New Year. And turkeys were seen as stand-ins and messengers of the gods. The Maya may not have been able to tame the local wild turkeys, but they used both northern and local oscillated turkeys in their social and religious lives. Today's modern turkeys are descendants of those prized Maya Maya birds. And even though modern Americans' form of turkey worship includes roasting and eating them during Thanksgiving dinners, they actually carry a dignified history in their DNA. That is so cool. I did not know that. I had no idea either. I stumbled on this today. So, <laughs> like, that's fun. I just Googled fun facts of history, and first line was turkeys were worshipped as gods. I'm like, all right, let's <laughs> Tomorrow's Thanksgiving. Yeah. We can do this. Google is really coming in clutch for us. I know. I'm... I love how we get different stuff, too, when we Google. <laughs> Our Google yeah. history is so drastically different but. yeah they're probably like a google technician is probably like, what the fuck i know i could never do a crime because my search history is wild i'm pretty sure they already assume we're murderers we're probably on the fbi watch list well probably like damn it with, <laughs> <laughs> with how much we google murders and like the natural disasters and turkey gods they're probably thinking we're up to something Probably. And you know your cell phones are always listening to you, so they probably are like, what are they talking about? <sighs> well, luckily they just come to the podcast, Historical AF, and they can <laughs> just listen to themselves, and they become patrons. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They have everything tapped and wired. They've probably already been listening for years. <laughs> I just remembered I was going to send you a picture of the toe, so I just sent it to you. <laughs> I don't need a picture of a toe. <laughs> you can ignore it. It's fine. No, I, well, I'm, I'm morbidly curious, like I do. <laughs> yeah, God. that's what happens. Oh, my God, it's brown. <laughs> There's so many shades of brown. Yeah, it's mummified. 
It's no. Very, you can see very, the ridges uh, of the nail. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you can. This will be on our website and our social media, so stay tuned. <laughs> I want it to be on someone's wallpaper, like on their phone. <laughs> I don't know why, but I think that that thought amuses me. It almost looks fake. The sap in Jurassic Park with the mosquito, that's what yeah, it's looking like. It does. Is the whiskey tan, and then you see this brown-ass, nasty-ass toe. <laughs> Man. All right. Off some questions. Yep. What is our favorite media for art? Uh, that is impossible for me to answer. <laughs> it's a difficult question. It depends on the month, honestly. Yeah, it's true. I think mine depends on my mood. But I think anything that's messy, I like charcoals, chalk pastels, messy paints. Mostly acrylic because I never learned how to paint in oil. Yeah, I've never used oil. I have I have some, actually. Someone just gave me some. They're like, I've never used these, so you can have them. Like, sure. Um, but I haven't touched them yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I go through phases. Like, right now I'm in that stained glass mode. So I'm pumping those out like crazy. Mm-hmm. And But then next month... I'm going to be covering journals. So almost like scrapbooking in a way. Like I'll, I have an old journal and I have some new ones that like, cause Michael's and Hobby Lobby, they sell blank cover journals. Anyways, they're going to be memory travel journals. So I have like cool old maps and all kinds of cool stuff to decorate the cover. So great for gifts before Christmas. And uh, I've been painting ornaments. So most commonly it's acrylic paint, mm-hmm. but I, I play with everything though. So it's like whatever yeah. I find on Pinterest, like, Oh, that sounds kind of cool. Let me try that. So. Well, that kind of goes into our next question. Favorite design you've ever made. Ooh, that's that's also difficult. I think one of my favorite things at the moment, it changes. But when I was dating my husband, I was trying to impress him. <laughs> <laughs> so I made him this is a chalk pastel, chalk, chalk pastel, Kraken eating a pirate ship. And it's, very colorful so it's like the orange yellow pink purple skyline and then you got the deep blue green sea and then the kraken with the little ten- tendrils grabbing it and cracking the ship i had a lot of fun doing that and i got my apartment so messy that i thought i was gonna lose my deposit because i couldn't get some of the chalk out of the carpet and i also had a drop cloth down so I managed to get chalk on things that I wasn't even touching, and I don't know. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> I look like I'm coming out of a coal mine when I do like chalk. I don't. I get it everywhere. It's all over my face. It all. It's just. It's everywhere. Oh, I'm actually pretty I, good about not getting it. No, I'm not. Even when I paint, I'm wearing it just everywhere. I just feel like the more I'm wearing, the better it's gonna be because I just get in the zone. Yeah, yeah I really like. My abstract pieces, I, I'm really digging the stained glass, and I have acrylic paint canvases that are kind of similar to the stained glass that are very swirly and abstract, and uh, I love blending colors. Like, I have a Starry Night version of it, and it's just me pouring all these different layers of paint, but using the colors of Starry Night, which is your yellows and your blues and blacks and silvers, and, and it turned out really neat. But as for drawing, though, you mentioned your Kraken. Emery's Emery's not going to listen to this. This is actually a Christmas present for him. I'm I'm making a graphic novel 
of space turtles who are and their enemies are space cats. They are long, long enemies, but they're going to have to join together to fight a space kraken coming out of a nebula. <laughs> that sounds amazing. How big is it going to be? It's actually going to be small. Like, I have a little notebook, and I've been drawing pictures in it. And I'm going to let him come up with the dialogue, because he loves writing stories, like when we play oh, D&D. That's even so, better. So it's actually going to be a bound book. So I'm, like, adding more and more images and if he wants to tear out the pages and reorganize it that's Mm -hmm. fine but i'm adding all these different scenes for this basically this graphic novel and emory he used to let me draw on him that was kind of one of our things where he would just sit on the floor without his shirt when we watch a movie and i would just draw on his back (laughs) (laughs) it's weird but he liked it because it was kind of like a massaging thing to him so and one time i drew a nebula with tentacles coming out of the nebula like a space kraken was coming through this nebula portal and to him that was his favorite design i've ever done and he said if i design a tattoo he's like i would want that tattoo <laughs> anyway so i'm working on that right now and i'm pretty excited so much. next question what would your theme song be i gotta go with thunder and I know it feels like that's my go-to song for every time they're like what's your favorite insert music it's thunder because it's just motivational and it's just awesome true and i have the confidence now where i'm like yep you send in those bleeds <laughs> i was just the tomboy nerdy girl with the converse shoes playing the drum line that you never spoke to but hey motherfucker hey <laughs> <laughs> first thing that popped in my head was uh food fighters hero i think I very little of myself i just love it so much it's just like everybody's just their hero you're ordinary just doing your own thing i like to think that i go out of my way to help people so there's me being nice to myself. I love that. I love Foo Fighters so much. Please I tour guess, in the U.S. <laughs> Please. Yes, I would go to that. Yeah, I guess with Thunder, I, I just, I never really had a whole lot of confidence. Or I was just mediocre in school. and But now, I don't know if it's because I'm an adult or I just don't give a fuck. But I'm like, look, I am who I am. And I'll just like, just go with it. And that's why I'm like Thunder. That's what you are. <laughs> All right. The next one is kind of a continuation on a question we had few weeks ago what is cool about human behavior based on all the stories you've researched he asked what was horrible before uh like is there a common thread that makes you realize that people tend towards certain behaviors in certain situations i think resilience in some humans when we talked about russia the nun that she's being tortured and threatened and she's still just I'm going to defy you and help people and keep people alive. And I don't care how many times you shoot me. (laughs) Just like some people have this resilience in them, like to stick with their beliefs and their convictions. And it's kind of a common thread because you see that in every culture, people willing to sacrifice themselves. You got martyrs and yeah, uh, this kind of a hope to not mm -hmm. be knocked down and, and to, and it is true in disasters, people are their best after a horrible tragedy because sadly yes yeah that's when we get together to do like being remember that we are all mortal and we all need help and to, mm-hmm. and we are stronger together like a stronger together is i guess what i see happen more and more often a lot of people especially my age because we were we were pretty old when 9-11 happened but it was the first time that we saw like the entire country kind of coming together as one unit so mm-hmm. supportive I don't think I've really seen that since, but um, I mean, it's something really. that 
tragic, but just to see like how patriotic and how much people and especially around the world, like every country stop what they're doing to support us. And it's just like in those times that it's really special because we're all human. And there's like very few times in history, but when it happens, it's pretty significant when everybody's like, we're all the same. We're all in this together. And it's very special, but there is good in humanity. So I'm glad he asked that question because I know we're all like, humans are shit. History's depressing. <laughs> they are like, I'm going to say like 85, 85% yeah. shit. And then there is that percentage, but I would love to see it grow. I, I know we're kind of negative, but like, I don't. Yeah. I want to see it more. I want to see it better. I mean, the way to do it is it starts with everybody. Choose kindness. Be kind. Pay it forward. I love Pay that. Pay it forward. Pay it forward. Yeah. Always think about, I was on another podcast not too long ago. I was on Down to the Last Spoon, and I was talking about just be kind. You never know what people are going through. You know, we've heard so many stories about people just judging people. Just like the people, you know, you think somebody is using a handicapped spot, and you're all mad because you're like, why are you in it? But they're actually disabled. Because that happened to me a long, long time ago. Somebody left a really nasty letter in my car telling me that I was going to burn in hell and I should be ashamed of myself and like really, really, really mean. And I actually had a handicap cigar and a cane and I was like devastated for a long time. Well, it happens a lot to people. So like, just be kind before you judge people. Be nasty. Just think maybe I don't quite understand what's going on. Yeah. Two sides to every story. Yeah. I think humanity's got some good in it. I mean, we're still around. We haven't. ran this thing into the ground yet but we'll see and also like inventions every just every century we just elevate what we've known before we're constantly striving to know more and do more and curiosity is mm-hmm. yeah we, ha- we always have to figure it out no matter what it is yeah i mean we we're just talking about the mayas do you think the mayas saw the stars and they you know constructed their entire civilizations on the stars do you think they would think that in the 60s we'd be like we're gonna go to the moon Every civilization probably doesn't even quite grasp what the next civilization is going to be able to accomplish. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Smart people. Not me. I will document what you're doing, but I can't do the maths. So, well. I will read fictional stories that was based <laughs> on this. <laughs> and I'll, I'll go watch the movie. <laughs> anyway, next question. What's the favorite place you've ever been? Casino? I get money sometimes. <laughs> New York City. If I'm going to pick an actual place, I love New York City. Oh, I really want to go there someday. Probably say Paris. It's so crazy because I got the opportunity to go when I was in school. And they were like, we can go. It's really cheap. And I think it was like $1,200. And I was like, I'll never get to go to Europe this cheap. And that was for everything. And when I went, I was like, I don't know what's some fucking Paris. It's just couples. I was so stupid and young. And when I got there, I realized everything I love in life is in Paris. And I just (laughs) fell in love with it. And they're also the nicest people I've ever encountered. I remember one time me and my friend were lost and this person was like, let me buy you a cab and take you to where you're going. People don't do that here. This like whole, oh, Parisian people are so stuck up and mean, blah, blah, blah. I had the best experience and I got to see some art that just that like when I came home from Paris is when I was like, I'm going to do history in our history. That's when I decided that was my major. Yeah, I would love to go to Paris. That's uh, that's on my bucket list. I went to New York City kind of for the same thing. I was in choir in college. So apparently there's a company in New York City where they will invite choirs to come sing with them in Carnegie Hall. Mm-hmm. And we got to 
go and we rehearsed in the mornings. We stayed for five days and we rehearsed until one o'clock. And then after that, we could just do whatever we want. And we, me and a few of my friends, we explored the city like crazy. And when I got to Brooklyn, I felt like, man, this is, this is home. I could, I could stay here. Mm-hmm. But it was so neat. And our hotel was right across the street from Carnegie Hall. The history was amazing. Oh, it was that's just awesome. Insane. That's so cool. I think the worst part of going to Paris is I came home and I was like, I'm going to study this in school. And I started taking every art history class I possibly could. And it would be like, my favorite sculpture in the world is the Cupid and Psyche. And it's Mm. gorgeous. And I was in the same building as that. And I didn't like go around a corner and I didn't see it. And just (sighs) it would be like every class, this slide would come up and it'd be the most beautiful painting. And I would just be like in love. And they're like, oh, this is at the Musée d'Orsay. And I was like, I was fucking there. Where was that? (laughs) No one told me. (laughs) Nobody told me. Yeah. And the Louvre is like a city. So if you don't have entire week, you're not going to see everything. They gave us two hours. So it was just run. So I circled the things. We got a map and I circled what I had to see. And my friends did the same. And we just ran. Because I wanted to see the Code of Hammurabi. And I wanted to see Hatshepsut stuff from Egypt. And everybody else is like, we need to see the Mona Lisa. And I'm like, pfft. More important stuff. <laughs> yeah, someone actually wrote an article about taking the Mona Lisa out and how it's just trash art. <laughs> I saw that in a emerging museum professional group I'm in. And uh, I commented on it because I was there the opening of the Da Vinci Code. And it was insane. There were so many people swarming the Mona Lisa. And I think Tom Hanks was there somewhere, but we didn't oh. ever see him. But it was just, it was crazy. The Napoleon painting is probably bigger than the wall in my living room like it's huge and it just blows my mind that people are not more jazzed about that kind of art than the Mona Lisa but I think it's a nice painting but yeah it's I don't know I don't know why yeah. it got the vibe it has which I think I was going to mention this at the beginning of the episode but we were kind of revamping our Patreon and so Natalie is going to be doing a book chat every week where they talk about books and what they're reading, what they read when they're kids. And I'm going to, instead of a bucket list, I'm going to talk about a piece of art history. And I think my first one is going to be the Mona Lisa. And I'm going to bitch about why it's not that important. It's probably what's <laughs> going to happen. I have a lot of rage <laughs> that I haven't actually gotten all of it out. I think if I get it all out in my first little mini-sode on the Patreon, maybe I'll stop bitching about it. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> um, and the book chats, though, if you want to keep it light and friendly, you're... <laughs> Unless you want to bitch about a book. Like, I admitted the, the, last week, I admitted my shame of loving the Twilight books when I was a teen. <laughs> I think we all did, though. Now we're just, like, pretending we didn't. But we all did. I know. Because I was on and off again not a very avid reader. Like, I really hated it. Or it was super hard for me to get find a book and stay into it. Mm-hmm. And Same. Twilight, Twilight, when I was 15, it was one of the first books for me to get super absorbed. And, yeah, I, I loved them. Yeah, I was the same way. I hated to read, but I'm also ADD and I didn't realize it. And that I just, I couldn't focus on anything. And I mentioned on the book chat that my mom finally got me the uh, Goosebumps book. And she was so jazzed because my mom is obsessed with reading. It's all she does. And she was so disappointed that I didn't want to read. Oh, <laughs> just broke her mind. heart. And mm-hmm. then, uh, then she was super excited. And she was excited because my older sister hates scary shit and I'm a spooky bitch. So she was so pumped that I like all the scary stuff. <laughs> but now, like, my mom, exactly the same. But now my mom is annoyed <laughs> because I read 100 books a year. So she's just like, Natalie, please stop. 
Yeah. So definitely if you want to check out Patreon, that's patreon.com slash historical AF pod. So we got a lot of really cool stuff. And that would be for any level is going to get that. Mm-hmm. Two through 20. Whatever yep. you want. All and each week I'll put a new little question prompt. You're, you're always free to talk about whatever you want. So yes, last week was what got you into reading when you were a kid. This week, hope you had enjoyed my question. Because <laughs> I wrote it was. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about it. And all of our Patreon members that we already have, we you guys have already responded so much on that book chat. And I'm so excited because it was such a good conversation. It's just oh, so excited. Yep. So I love them all so much. Hopefully this will continue. Yeah, if you have questions of your own, you know, just let us know. Just send yeah. it on your own. And this is all in our secret Patreon group. On our Facebook. <laughs> all right, thanks guys for listening. We mentioned before all the new stuff on Patreon. Definitely go check it out. But it's patreon.com slash historical AF. Definitely check it out. You get a lot of stuff we're not going to put anywhere else. And it's a lot of stuff, guys. A lot. So and you're welcome. I would definitely check it out. <laughs> and you're welcome. And- and read a book or watch a movie and put it in book chats, please. Yeah. And we got yeah. drunk dives coming up and we do Q&As. And the Q&As are so much fun. We just chat with you guys and you guys chat with us. And I know. It's how we stalk you and figure, find things out about you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really about us. It's actually about y'all. <laughs> True. What else we got? We got a P.O. box. Nobody sent us anything yet. Makes me sad. <laughs> send us a postcard. Where are you from? Let us I know. collect postcards. I love postcards. <gasps> Natalie will make an art piece out of postcards. I'm putting that on her right now. She doesn't have a choice. Okay. <laughs> She's like, that sounds kind of cool. I mean, it does sound really cool. Yeah. So send us stuff. Send us postcards. We really like. And if you join Patreon and you're uh, the brilliant AF, we send you postcards. Call back to that. Anyway. Uh, if you don't like the commitment of Patreon, there is coffee. That's ko-fi.com slash historical AF. And that's just. Buying us a cup of coffee, fueling this podcast, keeping it going. All that good shit. Mm-hmm. Yep, check us out on our social media, which is Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And, of course, our Speak Easy Facebook, for y'all especially. And that is Historical AF Pond. For all our sources, photos, and then links to everything we talk about, go to historicalafpodcast.wordpress.com. And it will be on there. And links to everywhere to listen, but if you're listening, you already know that. So that send us more questions. <laughs> yeah, we because like to know everything, like family traditions, town legends, ghost stories. If you lived on a cult commune, that was awesome. Yep. I want to know more. Yes, please. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for listening. And happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving, definitely. Enjoy that turkey and watch a lot of Bob's Burger. They pass the cranberry sauce. We're having mashed potatoes. And real cranberry sauce, apparently, not the canned stuff, even though I love the canned stuff because Bob is very anti-canned cranberry sauce. Ooh, the turkey looks great. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for being there. Everyone's thinking, the whole world's thinking, you thinking me, thinking you kill the turkey. Am I the only one knows that? It seems like that. <laughs> Especially since it's only you and I talking. <laughs> and I don't know. Well, what I was saying it yesterday. And Zeke's like, nobody knows that. Nobody knows that song. Is I that think. from Bob's Burgers? Or mm-hmm. is it? Linda. Okay, yeah. 
No, I recognize it. I just, um, I don't know the <laughs> words. I don't have it memorized. Mm. I'm such a Linda. Anyway, bye, guys. Bye. Bye.